I'm Gabby, and this is another episode of No Filter with Kobo. Today's subject sounds simple and very popular nowadays, but it can be very complex. Sustainability. We have touched this topic in some of our episodes already, like when we discussed natural and clean on episode four and on all the trends episodes. And also when we talk about zinc oxide being sustainable material or not on episode two. I actually highly recommend that you haven't heard those. After we finish here, you go back and hit play there as well. But today we look uh, into how a raw material company like Kobo faces the challenge of being more sustainable and also help create a more sustainable world. And to have this amazing discussion, I have two dear guests. First, also from Brazil, but living in France now, Luna Fascina, R&D manager at Kobo France. Hi, Luna. Hi, Gabby. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. And Thierry Casanavi, responsible for quality control, quality assurance, and regulatory for Europe. Hi, Thierry. Hi, Gabby. Um, thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to, to be with you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here as well. And I'll start with a very simple, well, looks simple at least, question. Uh, what is sustainability and what would be the main topics for a sustainable company to look into? Luna, let's start with you. Um, if you look at the word sustainability only, it means to sustain um, the ability to continue existing for an undetermined amount of time. So when we talk about sustainability, we have a tendency to think about environmental issues, uh, sustainable use of natural resources, renewable energy, etc. We're not wrong, um, as this term appeared first in this context, and the environment is still considered one of the pillars of today's concept of sustainability. But things became more complex. And today, sustainability is a wider concept that involves many policies that we can group in three pillars that are environmental, uh, social, and economic, or as some people define it as the three Ps, so planet, people, and profit. Um, Thierry is involved in implementing and measuring related policies at Cobo France, so I believe he can talk a little bit more about each pillar. Thank you, Irina, for emphasizing that sustainability stands on three pillars. As you said, environment is probably the most obvious pillar as environment is under the spotlight right now with the global warming and effect everyone can witness. Everybody knows at least one company that has developed initiatives target to reduce or limit their impact on environment. It could be either enacting within your organization or implementing um, solar panel to produce your own electricity, having policy on water to limit both your consumption and your waste, wastewater. And well, it could be also outside your organization, financing programs such as planting trees, funding wind farms uh, to power areas where people do not have access to electricity, et cetera, et cetera. And, Mm, this leads us to the social pillar. The social dimension might be more complex to understand. At first, you could consider that paying your employee a decent wage, financing programs such as WinForm are actions fulfilling the social aspect. It does indeed, but 
not only. Um, actually, you may have to dig deeper to and consider your stakeholder in your operation all along your supply chain. You may have to ask yourself questions such as, does all my supply chain share my values uh, without breaches? If not, how can I help them out? Because if you do not and decide to suddenly get rid of them, uh, this action will have such social impact and as a consequence, uh, you would not fulfill that pillar requirement. The social aspect is, from my perspective, a broad approach that consists in having your organization facing its social responsibility toward all the stakeholders. Could they be close, such as your own employees, but also far away from where you are implemented or involved in one step of your supply chain? And last but not least, um, economy. Uh, to be sustainable um, as a company, you need to do you need the money that's generated by your activity. Uh, that money helps you to exist and grow as a company. And I would say that to summarize all this, um, I would say that sustainability is to find the right balance between these uh, three pillars. Putting too much resource in one pillar may harm the others and have a negative impact. For instance, if you only focus on environment, you may arm your finance and eventually have a non-profitable company that would not last for long. And this is definitely not sustainable. Oh, thank you for having, you know, such a complete information and giving kind of an overall on what sustainability is. But it sounds very complex and looks like involves many uh, aspects. So thinking more practically now, if a company like Kobo, you know, a raw material manufacturer, want to become more sustainable, what would be the main challenges that we have to face? Tehi, you want to start? One of the main challenges we face is regarding the different policy from customers. Sustainability involves all the supply chain and several aspects within the company that are sometimes controversial. For example, some companies require us to not mix different lots of certain product in the pallet. This is not sustainable as the shipping could be optimized if we could consolidate pallet more effectively. But it is a customer policy and we will do our best to, to comply with that. Transparency is another issue. When trying to trace back uh, our supply chain to the primary source of ingredient, we are often faced with confidentiality and unless it is a hot topic like palm or mica, it is sometimes very hard to get the full transparency uh, in the supply chain. Yeah, and if I may add, uh, being on different locations is also a challenge. Um, Kobo, we have production in four different countries in four different continents. Um, needless to say that the regulations vary enormously. And of course, in addition to our own policies, we respect local laws but it's hard to have unity between all sides in terms of manage management of resources, for example. Uh, we don't have access to the same recycling programs, renewable energy sources, solvent or water reuse programs that can sometimes be limited by local regulations, etc. So it demands extra creativity to find local solutions and different solutions uh, depending on the site. Yeah, that's very interesting what you mentioned, Luna, you know, 
about the challenges of having like a global uh, production and manufacturing in different locations. But I have a question now for Jihi regarding that. Uh, couldn't that be also uh, beneficial to a company, you know, having locations in different places? Well, um, obviously it can differ from one company to another, to another of course. Um, as for myself, Kobo is the first company in which I interact daily with colleagues uh, working in a different ge geographic area. Um, also because we are a small company in number of employees, we are about 250 worldwide. We know each other quite well and we have uh, a close relationship. And well, obviously if I have a question, a concern or an issue, there is always somebody I can reach out to either in Brazil, UK, USA, or all of them at the same time. Um, ask them how they handle that specific situation and vice versa. And as much as we can, we try, we try to learn from each other. Uh, however, regulation, service, etc. cetera, uh, as, as Luna said, uh, it may differ from one country to another. And, and sometimes sustainability is a matter of common sense and some action are applicable regardless to country. For instance, recently, uh, France was uh, building an extension. And one of the questions that was raised uh, was about uh, what to do with the wastewater used for cleaning a specific piece of equipment. This waste is about 10% solid, which need to be disposed as others, as others waste. And the rest is water that can be treated and reused several times for cleaning the, the equipment. A treatment equipment was uh, presented to us uh, and it, it consists in a, in a small unit uh, that can treat this water. We presented this uh, equipment to our president and it is currently being tested, I think successfully. And if it meets, uh, if the results meet uh, our expectation, uh, that will be implemented uh, in the USA and in France. And I think that actually Brazil has already an efficient way to, to treat that water. So um, we, we, we are trying to learn from, from each other. And another example is, I think it was four or five years ago, um, we had to, France had to change um, electricity supplier and, and we decided to scrub a, a contract that uh, ensures us to, to, to be powered with 100% uh, renewable electricity. And uh, when people in the US learned that, um, actually they changed the contract to be powered exactly the same way with 100% uh, renewable uh, electricity as well. So it's, it's to, to, to show how um, the different um, operation can benefit from the, the experience of uh, the others. Yeah, that's really, really nice. Uh, I'm going to focus on the positive here and uh, see as a good thing, you know, being having different manufacturing locations, being able to learn uh, from each other and also be closer to our customers. And that could also reduce, you know, our carbon footprint on transport of our materials, now being closer to either our suppliers and uh, our customers as well. So another good thing that we can uh, think about when uh, looking at different manufacturing locations. Uh, now I want to change uh, the subject, not too much, but dig a little deeper into what 
Kobo as a raw material company can also uh, do, because we are part of an ecosystem, as Tia mentioned, that includes our suppliers, the place we live, and also our customers that actually manufacture, uh, you know, finished products and cosmetics. And starting with this last part, you know, our customers. And Luna, I'm going to ask you this. How can we help our customers also to be uh, more sustainable and create more sustainable products? Well, as a raw material company, we can definitely use our technical knowledge to create more effective ingredients in terms of manufacturing process, for example. So um, our core technologies are focused on that. Um, Surface-treated pigments and dispersions, they can significantly reduce the energy needed to manufacture color cosmetics. So that will be directly in the um, environmental pillar of sustainability. And an example that I have is that our application labs have made studies to demonstrate that. Uh, we were able to make a lipstick with our ASGP-treated pigments using propeller mixing only that takes um, much less energy than um, homogenizer. And it is uh, incredible. Even in a lab scale, um, we could never dream of achieving that with untreated pigments. And even with some treatments that we already have. Surface treatments in general, they can reduce the time of processing, but with our new technologies, we definitely are pushing it to the next level with a lot of innovation in this category. Oh, that sounds really good. But you mentioned lab scale, and we know that we are when we are in a lab scale, the difference in time of processing doesn't seem to be very significant. So it's sometimes hard to imagine the impact of our materials can have in the production, you know, in a big uh, batch, for example. Have you ever evaluated that? Yeah, we actually did. Um, our application lab has made a four kilo pilot batch for a lipstick once, um, comparing untreated pigments and dispersions. And aside from the differences in performance in terms of application, overall quality of the product, the difference in the manufacturing time was huge. Um, we spent two hours for the dispersion version and four hours for the untreated version. So that's oh. twice. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's huge. So our technology was able to reduce the process time in half, and it also avoided the use of the three-roller mill, which is a dangerous machine that is that requires a lot of extensive cleaning, generating extra waste. And well, this is a standard machine that is used when companies are manufacturing uh, lipsticks without using dispersions or even surface-treated pigments. So the use of our pigmentary dispersions can make a product significantly more sustainable, just reducing labor risks and saving energy and reducing waste. It's very important to hear that with innovation, we can really make a more uh, sustainable product. So very interesting. Thank you for that. Tihi, now I want to go back to you because Luna talked about helping you know, our customers uh, to create more sustainable products. Uh, but what about our suppliers and also the community and the place uh, we live in? Can you share a little bit of the actions that Kobo take regarding those two other kind of pillars as well? Well, um, amongst the long list of information requested by our R&D and regulatory department when approving a new material, 
child labor or conflict mineral, for instance, uh, have been questions that Kobo has been requested for long. To, to illustrate that commitment, um, I would talk about the Responsible Mica initiatives. The Responsible Mica initiatives aim to establishing a fair, responsible, and sustainable Mica supply chain uh, in the state of Jackland and Bihar in India that will um, eliminate an acceptable working condition and eradicate child labor by 2030. Kobo has been a member since the beginning back in 2017. Um, it consists in funding programs to eradicate child labor in this area of India. And this is being done in a sustainable way. Let me explain. Obviously, nobody wants to have its children working in mines or fields instead of going to school. But sometimes people have no choice. This is the first level of the Maslow pyramid. Get your physiological needs. This is something nobody wants to hear, but that's the way it is. Then responsible Mika initiative uh, implemented programs to allow children to go to school without revenue loss for the family. And we are starting to see the results. In addition to that, Kobo is proud to see that its supplier have also joined the responsible Mika initiative which is very valuable when we are challenged by our customer on the Mika topic. As for myself, I'm really proud to tell customer that down to the Mika processor involved in that specific line of product, the company member of that supply chain are member of the responsible Mika initiative. I could also talk about other actions such as unsanitizer donation Kobo did during the, the pandemic or other action Kobo is involved like um, RSPO, but <laughs> I believe we would run out of time. Sure, I'm sure that you can spend the whole day talking about this. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. Maybe in the next episode. Yeah, we can definitely <laughs> do a part two. <laughs> uh, Luna, I actually have a question for you now. And this is a topic that we already talked in another episode when we discussed clean and natural. But since we're talking about sustainability, I think it's important to emphasize here as well. Uh, sustainability, some people can, can confuse, you know, sustainable as being the same as natural. And if you look at Kobo portfolio, we have products that have natural origin, other products that are synthetic. Is it one more sustainable uh, than the other? I believe that, first of all, we need to dissociate natural from sustainable. I know these are the terms that automatically go together in our minds, but it's not necessarily true. One example is what Thierry was just talking about, uh, about the mica. Uh, how can we consider mica that is a natural material sustainable if it is being removed from the mines by, by children? So that is not at all sustainable from the point of view of the social aspect. And another example that we have is oil and gas that are naturally occurring materials, but they are not renewable. So from the environmental point of view, they are also not necessarily sustainable. And on the other hand, we do have some synthetic products that can be made from raw materials from renewable sources. They can optimize energy use, they can have uh, recycle or reuse programs associated. And even though they are synthetic, they can be very sustainable. And second of all, a product cannot be sustainable alone. 
if the company that makes it is not sustainable and does not have a sustainable procurement. So Kobo, for example, is trying to become more and more sustainable and our portfolio will reflect that for our natural and for our synthetic products as well. Thank you for that. You're, I really liked uh, your examples. Uh, it's really important to you know, really disassociate uh, those words. So thank you for that. Now, last question for you both. And it's going to be a hard one. Is it possible to be a sustainable company? Luna, ladies first. And yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> When we look at the three pillars of the sustainability, the way I see is that a company, if the company can manage to be respectful of the environment, respectful and resourceful to its employees and the community, and still be profitable, um, this is a sustainable company. The company will keep creating jobs, having a good impact in the community, and will keep pushing for more transparency in the industry. And it will result little by little in more sustainable products in the market without harming the people in the planet. Simple as that. <laughs> I really agree with that. Um, and, and if I may add something, I would say that sustainability is not a final stationary goal. It starts with a mindset that will turn into action. It is a process. It changes with more awareness, evolution of the society and scientific innovations. Well, thank you to you. It was a perfect summary for our episode. And thank you really both of you for your participation uh, today. I think it was a really interesting episode to talk about such an important topic nowadays in our society. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And thank you for listening to us. If you want to know more about Kobo's actions on sustainability, check the link in the description of the episode. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify or the platform of your choice so you don't miss any new episodes. This podcast has been created by the content team at Kobo Products Inc., a raw material cosmetic manufacturer and distributor specializing in treated pigments and dispersions. See you next time.